Happy holidays, unapologetically educated listeners and leaders. I am super excited, as always, to come before you to talk shop with some great leaders who are doing this work with us. Um, I tell people all the time that you have to be connected in this work. Being a school leader, sometimes you feel like you are on an island by yourself and no one gets it. And so the best way to kind of shake that off is to stay connected, get involved with a social media um, outlet, a podcast, I don't know, get a blog, books, vlog, whatever it takes so that you are connected to others in this work because no one understands it quite like the people that do this work. And so I am honored today to have my girl, Amber Tiemann, on the show, Principal Tiemann. And she is also like killing the game outside of what she does already as a school principal. She is currently the co-author of Lead with Appreciation, Fostering a Culture of Gratitude. And so um, this book is a book like when I bought it, I was like, okay, this is this is pretty cool. Like it made me want to take out my calendar and just start jotting down like next steps when planning culture and morale on my campus. So before I give too much away about the book, I'm going to let my girl uh, Amber Tiemann introduce herself and tell you more about the book. My name is Amber Tiemann. I'm an elementary principal in Wiley ISD, which is not too far away from you, um, outside of the Dallas Metroplex, but it is, it just has the cutest and the smartest wolves in all of the land, and I am incredibly blessed to love my school and, and love this job, um, but I have a, a principal partner in crime, Melinda Miller, who she and I have a couple of different Facebook groups that we kind of help navigate and run, so to speak, with trying to help motivate and, and give people ideas on how to build culture, to think about climate, to be intentional with loving and appreciating your people, working with morale, things like that. And we're fortunate enough to connect with Shelley Burgess and Beth Hoff, who wrote Lead Like a Pirate. And they asked if we would be willing to write Lead with Appreciation. And so she and I were able to do that. Um, She's in Missouri. I'm in Texas, but we made it happen. And the book was released in October and it's been super fun. Um, our jobs are so multifaceted. There's so much that we have to do. And if we can help with just one little piece of that, um, that's what our goal was. And so we've been really lucky and have gotten some really good feedback that that's, that's what it's doing. So, oh. Awesome. So I will say to all the school leaders out there, like another reason to purchase the book is it's not long. Like we don't have time as school leaders to read a hundred, uh, you know, six hundred pages worth of reading. And even though the book may be good, mm -hmm. we just don't have time. Um, so this book is one of those books you can read mm -hmm. in one sitting, or you can kind of pick it up as needed. So okay, I'm gonna get ready to jump into December. I want to plan ahead. Let me read December. Absolutely. And and Melinda and I are fault, and that's just how we lead. That's how we talk. If you've ever read anything that Melinda have written on our blogs, this is just kind of how we are. We are super unapologetically casual because, again, our jobs are hard. There's no need for me to try to be <laughs> super fakely yes. intelligent with all of my research and all of my statistics. No, I just want to help you do your job. I just want to help you <laughs> love on your people. And and that's what we designed the book. It is It follows the seasons and just the tumultuous cycle of climate morale that we've seen with all of our combined leadership and so we break it down to that honeymoon phase to the thankful thanksgiving phase to uh, melinda and i 
she <laughs> she likes to refer to October and February as the two armpits of the school year. Stop the press. Did she just say armpits? So my, my partner in crime, Melinda, affectionately likes to refer to October and February as the two armpits of the school year. Uh, <laughs> it just seems like those are the two months when the holidays are kind of far away and morale seems to take a dip and, and you as the leader are even tired. But um, those are months that we really focus on in the book and try to provide a lot of really easy ways to just show appreciation because, um, again, I can give you all the statistics and research in the world about positive leadership and the impact of being happy. But if I can't help you do it in your job, then I just don't think that it's any, any more helpful than a positive quote. Right. Right. And I think that's so important because a lot of times as leaders, like I know everybody thinks about what we call in September and they think about Christmas and we think about May, but now knowing about February being very intentional in the, in, really and truly every month, but knowing the importance of February, which is just as, you know, demanding on staff as in October. So. Absolutely. And, and I think too, you said it just there, it's that intentionality. It's not waiting until you start to look around and realize that people are tired and people are cranky and, and people are kind of struggling. Um, if we don't identify those times, we're never going to be able to just in the moment have these opportunities to create memories and happiness and experiences for our teachers because we right. also are experiencing October and February. And so really the design of intentionality is to make sure that regardless of what else is going on in our world, because we know as principals, there's no telling what could be going on in our world. Um, but if I already have a plan, if I've already got something in place, then regardless of how crazy it is, I know I'm going to be able to do something for my people. And I think that that's one of the most important things for me is consistency and fidelity in showing that appreciation. Right. And so, again, we talk about this every episode about having a plan in place. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about what I am unapologetically honest about, which is principal self-care. And I do a horrible job at it. And so that is the main reason why Principal Teaming is on the show is not only to help me with principal self-care, but all of you other people out there that like to operate from the em empty vessel or run your cup over, and then you're like, I can't stand anybody because I've given my all. <laughs> so when we come back from break, I'm going to be ready to take notes. I hope you're ready to take notes. She is going to give us some great tools and tips about principal self-care because it is the holidays. But if you are anything like me, you plan to go to the school at least three days. And I know she's going to probably tell us no. So oh. um, we'll see you. I hope don't do that. I'll see. We'll see you in a bit. All right. And so we're back from break. I have admitted that I'm horrible at principal self-care. So principal Teeman, give me some advice. Help me out. Help us out. Oh, my goodness. All right, girl. So first of all, I have had the benefit of some really incredible people in my life. Um, I was presenting in Illinois at some point at a, a conference with a good friend and one of his principals in his school district, Greater Clark County uh, School District. He the principal said nobody dies on our watch. And I had to had to take a breath and pause and ask her what she meant. And she said, 
our jobs are important. Nobody argues that our jobs are stressful. Our jobs are hard. Um, but no one is actually, if you don't get something on your to-do list done. Uh, and my husband is a captain in the fire department and (laughs) he does not get to say that because people actually can and do die, um, on his job, on his watch. And so it was such a reality check of, Hey, you know what? My to-do list is important and these tasks are important, but it's going to be okay. I'm never not going to have something to do. There's never not going to be assessment data to think about. There's never not going to be expectations from parents, staff, and children. But if I don't manage to manage what's going on in front of me, like you said, I I give the worst of me to the people who deserve the best of me when I let myself, when I let myself run down. And, and that makes them more resistant and more resentful. And that makes me more resentful. And so self-care is just something I think that we think about in abstract and we, we talk about it and we think about it, but we don't ever actually do it. And so a month or so ago, I think it was before November, I created a principal self-care calendar because uh, so, social emotional wellness is a, is a real hot topic right now. And I know, especially right. in Texas where you are with me, um, we even have a legislator that now says we have to care about the social and emotional well-being of both staff and students. Right. Well, neither one of those words say the word principal. No. So guess who was just powering on through and not even thinking about it. Um, and so I thought about, we had a speaker, Dr. Kelly Jamison, who is an amazing follow on Instagram. So I highly suggest uh, you look her up. Um, But she came and spoke to our school district and she talked about a joy list and she had us list all of the things that bring us joy, things that make us happy from the super simplistic to the ones that might require some creative planning on her husband's parts. Um, (laughs) But just to, to list everything out. And so when I did that and I saw how easily some of those things can just fill my bucket, even in just a short 15 minute span from reading a book to writing a note to someone who's important to dad gum sending I have a friend who hates glitter and there's nothing that brings me more joy than writing him a note and putting a whole bunch of glitter in it yeah. and sending it I would agree with your friend <laughs> oh, team glitter all the way um, but that that brings me joy and that again takes me out of my moment of stress and and pressure that we feel as leaders and just kind of brings me back to who I am as Amber Right. I think that's so important. Like I tell my staff all the time when I come home and like dinner is already ready, someone's cleaned the kitchen. Like I am like, honey, I love you. So my love language is acts of service. So I don't Mm -hmm. need all the special gifts in the world. I just need you to do what you (laughs) said you were going to do and do it. You know what I'm saying? Like the grass is cut. Someone folded the laundry. That just gives, it takes the load off of me. And so um, I know I need to work on leopard print is my favorite thing. Like I believe leopard print is a color in the color spectrum. You should wear leopard print at least three times a week. It makes me feel bold and powerful. And so everything I have is leopard print. That's the best I got. (laughs) I love that. Hey, but you know what? That's something that's really important. And I have found that I am really into this Enneagram thing right now. I saw that. Uh huh. So it's another personality typing and um, we learned about it through church. And so it, it all ties back into who we are and who we want to be in Christ and the way that we are all beautifully and wonderfully made. Um, but recognizing what makes you happy and who you are as a person is so incredibly important. So the fact that you know that acts of service 
are what makes you happy, I think puts you ahead of the game because you pick up a people or an in style and, and you don't connect with buying a new outfit or going out to lunch or, you know, you have to know what makes you happy. And that starts with knowing who you are at your core. And so mine is um, gifts, which is not made up. It's an actual (laughs) thing. Despite my husband's um, absolute denial of that, but it's just these little bitty things. And once I know that and recognize that I can be more honest and genuine and transparent And so you being transparent with your staff about the things that matter to you helps them love you the way that you need to be loved. And what better self-care is that? Right. So what, okay, let's be honest here. Some leaders out there, me and others, like, great, I have leopard print, but I am wore down. Mm -hmm. So what are some Mm -hmm. of the things like you recommend that must happen on at least a weekly, maybe sometimes even a daily? What do you do for self-care on a daily, weekly basis that you demand that you get done. It's like, I love leopard print, but like, I'm still exhausted. And some days I'm mentally drained. So what Uh would you suggest? I think that if you are not intentional with your plan and make sure that regardless of anything else that happens, um, that these things occur. And I think that we have to let go of what other people are thinking and doing. And we have to stop expecting ourselves from other people it allows you then to create space, um, space for you to do you and for you to be the you that you want to be. Great example. My husband's love language is, again, acts of service like yours. But I have to let go of the fact that he's going to I'm going to need to take a nap. I'm going to need to take a nap. I'm going to need to get my nails done because that is who I need for me to be. So I can't always be who everybody else wants me to be. Mm. I can't I can't always meet everybody else's needs. I have to add meeting my needs. Now, can I do that both Saturday and Sunday? No. Can I do that the week before benchmarks? No. Do I have to be super intentional and purposeful and actually think about it versus laying in bed at 9:15 thinking, "Oh man, I didn't I didn't take a nap today or Michael didn't clothe my hair today or I didn't right. eat, you know, the cupcake today that I thought I needed to be joyful." Um, it's not going to work like that. But in the same way that we prioritize IEP meetings and growing our staff or meeting with leadership, you got to put you on the list. So what I hear you saying is I need to create a self-care plan that Mm -hmm. is either monthly, um, things that I'm going to do. Number one, I'm a sleeper and I do nap. Mm -hmm. Like Sunday, if I don't take a nap, I'm not good on Monday. So I do Mm -hmm. take naps. It is my my thing. And actually, after we finish this podcast, I'm going back to bed because (laughs) I can at this moment in my time in my life. Um, But I like the idea of creating a self-care plan and sticking to it. Because just like you for the gifts of service, like literally, you can show that to hubby like, hey, this is the plan because I need these things in order to be great. But um, I think it forces us like putting it on our calendar, setting reminders to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, My former Mm -hmm. boss, always ask every week in our weekly reflections, what are you doing to take care of you? And so I would type in, because I would be at that point on a Friday, raving mad, nothing in all caps. (laughs) On Monday, he shows up at my school, like, don't ever put that in there again. You need to think of something and go do it. So, and then he started asking for pictures, like, send me a picture of what you're doing this weekend. You know, like, immediately send 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 you a picture while I'm doing it in the moment. So it made us all kind of get out there and start doing something, even if it was just one thing. So that's my advice. 
having that accountability is important. And I think that it's, it's hard to deny um, when someone is going to ask those questions. And even as leaders, I've gotten so much better at, at asking my people. We do some monthly check-ins that are fantastic. And one of them is real easy. And, and I ask, what are you doing for yourself? And instead of like taking those cards and putting them in my drawer and leaving it, I will sit down with every single person that turns in a card and say, hey, Lacey Boric, I love that you were going to try to bake this weekend with your daughter. That's awesome. Let me know how it goes. Like I validate and I remind yeah, her I like that. and I support that. And it takes me 30 minutes to do my entire staff, but the value in getting to see and feel where they are in their journey to self-care is critical as well, because it then also reminds me not to be a hypocrite, but to take care of me. I love that. I love that idea. I'm going to try that because like you said, it's the ones that turn the card in. It's kind of how you map out who you go into, mm-hmm. you know, to support that way. Cause you still got to support the ones that don't turn in the cards because it makes Every you time. in with them anyway, you know, so mm-hmm. awesome idea. All right. I think we got some tools. Like I got to figure out this. You said it's Kelly Jamison. Kelly Jamison on Instagram. She is okay. fantastic. Okay. And the joy list. Like you gave me some nuggets. I wrote them all down. I wasn't playing. So <laughs> when we come back, I love it. When we come back from break, you know, we're gonna do our, my favorite part of the show. Thank God a teacher raised me. And it is our ode to wonderful educators. Because you know, I always say everybody in that building is a teacher, custodian, cafeteria staff, principal, paraprofessional, teacher, even parent volunteers. Everybody is a teacher that comes in that building to serve kids. So when we come back, we will hear about Principal Tiemann's uh, person that she wants to shout out. See you in a bit. <laughs> we're back from <laughs> back from break. Um, and so this is the part of my favorite part again. Thank God a teacher raised me. And I want to let Principal Teeman like tackle this one. Who are you thinking about that like gave you your nudge or someone who's doing it with you right now? I love it. I love this so much because I just think. One of my, my favorite things about being a leader is the, is the reflection piece of what we do and how every interaction, every 30 seconds that, that can make an impact on a person. And when you value that, it just changes the way you deal with everybody all the time, right? Um, when I was in high school, my, I had a drill team director who um, had asked where I was going to go to college. And I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I knew that that's what you had to do, but I hadn't actually gotten that far in the process. And um, I grew up in Pleasant Grove and, you know, that Shut just wasn't necessarily. Up. Pleasant Grove, oh, PG? I'm... Girl, PG okay, in the house. Me to... yes. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I went to Skyline. That's where I went to high school. Um, and so she had asked, and when I had said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to college, but I'm not really sure how to get from my point A to that point B. Um, she sat down and made sure that I knew how to fill out my college application, that I knew how to fill out the FAFSA, that I knew how to, to get all those pieces in place. And not that my parents weren't uncaring, they just were also unaware. Um, but you know, when I think back now as, as a 41 year old woman, that was not in her syllabus. That was not part of her PD. That was not something that, you know, she wrote growth goals about. That was something that she did because it mattered to her and because I mattered to her. And I think that if I can impress upon my teachers that skill to care about our people, where they are. Yes, ma'am. And how you can help them get to where they want to be, wherever that is on the the continuum and, and the pendulum of our of our education world. I just am so incredibly thankful. And not that I don't 
think I wouldn't have figured it out and not that I don't think I still couldn't have accomplished my goals, but literally that first step, the fact that she was able to help me as a senior, um, has just always stuck with me. And so Susan Chin, who is still working at the Skyline High School, um, but I, I reference her often because I just am so genuinely appreciative of people who go above and beyond and do what that kid needs, regardless of whether or not it's, you know, in their algebra class or on their coursework plan. That's amazing. Like, I, I want to tell you that you just found your second book. You know that, right? How oh, to my care lizard. about kids where they are. Like, you just solved the million dollar question <laughs> right here in this moment. Because so many times we're thinking about how to get kids to, you know, pass and start the meets in the master's level or mm -hmm. pass whatever test in whatever state you live in. But like really and truly, like let's talk about like how to get to kids right now in the moment that they're in, how to get them to be successful and even thinking about their next steps in life. And that had nothing to do with an assessment at all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I honestly think there's value in what you just said, like huge value that we don't think about all the time. Like I have students at my school right now that are taking care of siblings because parents work two and three jobs. Like, how can I help you be successful where you are right now? And so what do you need? And that might not be uh, extra tutoring on Saturdays because, ma'am, I can't right. come. So, right. like, really thinking about that. I mean, like, you have just hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, it's a blessing. So uh, my shout-out or my uh, I pay homage, hom homage to is I'm going to do a new one. So people, I tell people all the time about my tribe, people that have your back relentlessly, but also foster growth in you, like push you, press your buttons. And so this week's thank God a teacher raised me because if I'm the leader, I'm still growing. And so I learned from everybody on my campus, you people that surround me every day. And so mine mm -hmm. is for um, a school counselor. Brittany Torres. She um, is an amazing counselor. I met her fast track four, four years ago, but she is my school counselor now. And she is relentless. She's a bulldog for kids, but she's a bulldog for educators, teachers, period. Um, she gets on to me when I'm like, uh, I got to do this for the teachers and I'm going to go home when it's 930. And she's like, nope, I already have your backpack, uh, you know, packed. Here's your keys, leave. If I can't find anything, because you know, as a principal, sometimes my brain is in a thousand places and I can't find stuff. She's like, nope, you, you, I need you to stop and breathe. Here's your peppermint oil. Take a minute, get your life right. Um, but she's mm -hmm. also that because we realized kids didn't have stuff for the holidays and she made a way. And like, a school counselor to me is someone who not only takes care of kids, but you take care of the entire school. She has a very mm -hmm. easy demeanor. Our custodial staff will go, she'll come in and go, hey, did you know one of our custodians is, you know, da-da-da-da-da in their personal life? And she's like, well, I went ahead and gave whatever needed to be gave just to make sure that our staff members are well taken care of. Because, you know, sometimes they won't tell me, but they'll go to her. Right. And just an amazing person. And one of the things that I put on my leadership team every year is in order to grow yourself, I need you to grow other people. 
So not only is she growing on our campus, but she also um, is growing her capacity because she's presenting at the Texas Counselors Conference. She got her proposal accepted, but I'm proud of her. Right. I'm proud of her because my theme is always to pay it forward. How are you taking what is given to you by God and, and, and what you've worked for, what shines in you? How are you passing that on to other people? And so I love her dearly for just being my bulldog, being a member of my tribe, um, just being an amazing counselor, an amazing educator. So Brittany Torres, I love you. Have a happy holiday, my love. We all need a Brittany Torres in our life. I love that. Man, she's amazing. I it, Sometimes I am in awe of her. Like, I think I'm a pretty good leader, but I watch her and go like, well, this this is too much. How did you get this done? But her passion is real. <laughs> uh, so, man, as we close, three things that we've learned. Well, let's see. Uh, Principal Teeman, give me, give me one nugget to leave with the leaders. They're on break now. Half of them are like shopping because they didn't do any shopping before. So they're mm-hmm. mad dashing shopping for presents. Uh, some of us are like me going back to sleep because we're mm-hmm. taking a self-care holiday. We're not going to buy a whole lot of gifts in my house. <laughs> and then the other portion, some of them are still at the school, probably working right now. Like I'm just going to do it today. What do you say to us? Goodness. Well, I am away. I am actually in Oklahoma getting some time just to kind of, again, commit to my family and have that downtime. Um, so let go of those expectations for yourself and, and recognize that everything gets to be turned off. Everything gets to have recharge time. And that includes you, leader. So take advantage of this two weeks when everybody's on break and put yourself on break, too. That's right. So how can if they want to reach you, how do they reach you on social media? How do they find you? All right. So I am quite loquacious on the Twitter. Um, eight, <laughs> it's eight Amber eight. That's me surrounded by Troy Aikman on Twitter. Um, and then it's amberteeman.com is where I blog and share all of both my successes and mostly my failures so that you can not make those mistakes. Um, and then also on Instagram at amberteeman, eight amber eight. So any of those places, I'm more than willing and happy to connect and share the things that we're doing at WIT, but also just the things that I'm kind of seeing and experiencing in life. All right. So, uh, you know how to reach me. I'm at unapologeticallyeducated.com. Uh, email unapologeticallyeducated at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Deidre Hannibal or at D-Educated, D-E-E, Educated. Um, I Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like, it made my day. Like, a PG uh, member. <laughs> like, I feel like we have this such, such untapped interest that we need to discover. So I love that. I can't wait to like meet you face to face, but I think that's another part of why I love doing the podcast because you can be anywhere in the world and still link up. And so whether you're reading Amber's book or you're listening to me on a podcast or someone else, like leaders, find a way to get connected with other leaders so that you understand, like, I'm never doing another podcast over the last week of school. It was atrocious. I will never do another one. It jinxed my whole week. So, oh no! Yes, by Wednesday I was like, "Curse the podcast!" <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. I I owe you big. I hope you're at Tepsa 
or I can find you so I can buy you lunch and love on you. I love it. I look forward to it. Thanks for the opportunity. See you soon. Happy holidays. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Unapologetically Educated. I enjoyed my new friend, my girlfriend, Principal Amber Teeman. Like, I love the kinetic energy that happened with us today. But today's reflection, y'all, I have to be super honest, unapologetically honest about what I'm horrible at which is self-care. There will be a part two to this episode, uh, but to be brutally, brutally honest, this is my goal for 2020. I operate so often on an empty vessel and it, it hurts everything. It really does. Like I can give myself all day to the campus and come home and like literally go in my room, close the door and go to sleep and like ignore, like Amber said, the people that matter the most. And so my goal again for 2020 is not to do that. But what I love to do is I wind down in the evenings is I'm a researcher. So when researching this topic, I came across markcundiff.com. And I have to tell you about the law of 50. Mark says there is a ceiling to productive work. When we push past 50 hours in a week, our productivity is virtually zero. After working 50 plus hours in a week, productivity yields drop dramatically. This last part is your nugget for today. Working 50 hours per week yields 37 hours of productivity. Let me read that again. Working 50 hours per week yields 37 hours of productivity productivity so that means you're not even getting your standard 40 hours when you overwork yourself you ever find yourself sitting in your office and it's seven eight o'clock at night and you're daydreaming or you're working but you can't mentally concentrate to get everything on a page i know i do that's when we've hit that that zero productivity zone so i urge you to be more mindful The quote is, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. That quote is by Abraham Lincoln. This illustrates that time not chopping is more important than hours spent chopping. So we got to replenish. So the work we do is energy packed and impactful. So I bid you guys a great amazing holiday winter break rest up because you know when we come back in january it is press season but make sure we do it less than 50 hours because if not they don't count anyway be blessed and once again happy holidays